side side conversation. <laughs> I had one of those in my box that I used as a uh, wheel shock for a six seven five. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a different funny. <laughs> that is so uh, funny. <laughs> the Mac Doctor eleven oh one joins our podcast this week on Flag Time. Into the chicken selects that McDonald's used to have. Oh, the chicken selects. Don't the fucking best. <laughs> Fuck it. I remember. I re- remember. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to the Flag Time Podcast, everybody. We are. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I'm going to start it with no context with what the hell we were just talking about. Oh, anyway, <laughs> nobody knows what we're laughing at yet, and it's not our guest who's the Mac Doctor 1101. Say hello to everybody. <laughs> Hey everybody! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Real name is Brett, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Brett, can you go ahead and just briefly explain what you, what it is that you do uh, for a living? Yeah. So I am a uh, technician at a uh, McLaren dealership. So anything that a uh, McLaren needs, uh, basically, kind of what you guys do um, from head to toe, whether it be just a uh, service or a complete engine uh, replacement. Um, that's that's my day to day, right there. Very nice. Hell yeah. What's um, how much does a oil change on a f- um, an F one cost? That I don't know, but I can tell you that a oil change on like a standard like seven twenty is about twenty two hundred dollars. I think. Holy fuck. That's What's honestly the, I was the for uh, for an oil change on one of them. Is it like five thousand, ten thousand? Uh, so manufacturers suggests once a year or one uh, or every ten thousand, but it's very uh, that's not bad. Very uncommon that we'll see a car that actually has more than like fifteen thousand miles on it. Yeah. So it's usually uh, just by a uh, uh, time frame. So it's just gotcha. like the Mercedes Benz intervals, which you have worked on Mercedes Benz. Correct. Yeah, I have a uh, Mercedes Benz background. How long did you work on Benzes? Uh, so I worked on Benzes for about three years. Okay. So I've only technically been wrenching about four, four and a half years. Oh. Um, I I did Acura for about six months. Then I did um, Mercedes for just under three years, like two years, eleven months, something like that. And then I've been at a uh, McLaren the rest of the time. Gotcha. It's so weird how me and Sterling have more mechanic time than like both of y'all combined. I know. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm about to be on like I think nine years of being a mechanic, technically speaking. Yeah. No, seven. Yeah, Brett and I have about the same level of experience time wise. Yeah. I started I started when I was eighteen. So, oh god, he's doing math in his head. Eight, eight oh god, years. Eight years. Oh god. <laughs> I've been a mechanic for eight years. There you go. You sure? You sure about that? Positive this time. <laughs> I, I used. I used. I used my graphing calculator for it. Like <laughs> <laughs> okay, you just have one of those lying around. I have been in shops doing you know basic stuff. I mean, I guess my first job was like detailing. And like oil changes and stuff like that. So I had wrenches in my hands. So that was 2011, 2010, mm-hmm. 2010. So, so about 13 a, years. So I was a junior. No, no, no. I was a sophomore in high school. And then summer, summer of my sophomore year. So summer of my sophomore year would have been 20, 2011, I believe. 
when you started wrenching on cars, I started working at Target. Target. Yes. <laughs> That's what that was my first job, and I was a salesman for eight years, and I hated every minute of it. Target is the place where all the hoes go now, though. That is what? true. No, it's dead dead serious. All the pretty girls shop at Target. I agree with that. Sorry, Eric. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Eric, you all have to go back. The pretty girls shop at Target. <laughs> I'm in a relationship. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Pixie's never seen a human woman's vagina before. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> Sorry, in, in seven years. to specify yeah. human? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I'll, I'll sometimes I <laughs> there's other things that have vaginas that maybe he might be into. I don't know. <laughs> Not intentionally. Not. <laughs> Hello, post-production serrated Mobius here. We're gonna go ahead and skip ahead a little bit because that conversation went way too far in a certain direction. Probably hide it behind a Patreon paywall if you want to hear the rest of it. Sick fucks. Anyway, we're gonna continue on with the normal part of the podcast now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> What's the most expensive car you've there ever you driven, <laughs> Mr. Mack? That I've driven? Yes. Um, one? It would have to be a MSO Elva, which is worth more than a P1. Oh. Um, and Hold on. Uh, it was like, uh, I forget the sticker on it, but I think it was like $2.7 million. I gotta. I, I need to look up what that even is. Yeah, what was yeah, that I don't called? know what that is. What was that called? So it's a Elva, E-L-V-A. Uh, it is a um, speedster. So it doesn't have a windshield. However, they made 150 of them, 149. Oh, my God. But, uh, MSO made, I believe, 19 of them with a windshield. And Whoa. I've uh, worked on driven like How come I've never heard of this? Me either. That's what I'm wondering. That is a beautiful machine. Uh, yeah, they're not very common. Only 149 built. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, they're, uh, it's almost like a fucking... Fun. It reminds me of the uh, the Roadster SLR McLaren, but the engine's in the back, yeah. so like, the seating position's all scooted up. So it reminds you of a completely different car. <laughs> it just it just looks like it, it, it reminds me of the SLR McLaren, but it, it's <laughs> like, like an SLR at all. What the? It reminds me. I didn't say it looks like it. SLR has got a big ass long hood in this car. That's design. why it doesn't, it doesn't look. It doesn't look the same at all. It looks like an car. It just reminds me of it. That's why. I don't know why it reminds me of it, but it does. It, you know what? The... It, you know what it reminds me really? of. That's that green one. It reminds me of a McLaren. <laughs> It's like a McLaren speedster. <laughs> On the official McLaren website, uh, it's got pictures of Lando Norris driving it, <laughs> which I think is pretty cool. Sterling, and that, that picture was that like a uh, like a lime green one? Yeah. So I've driven that one before. That exact one. Oh shit! That's a factory uh, um, prototype vehicle that kind of travels the states. Um, but I have a couple of pictures of that one on my uh, Instagram too. But uh, yeah, so that one's got like eight thousand miles on it, something like that. But it gets driven a lot. That's awesome. There it is. Yeah, that one. There's Neat. one that's Nardo gray with blue interior, and it looks really sick. Ooh. It kind of looks like a big Lotus. Oh, uh, I know that one. Yep. Are they all Kinda, different colors? Yeah. They, yeah. And when I tell you, like, it is extremely weird feeling to drive it without a windshield. Like, it is weird. I mean, you have to have a helmet on for anything above 30 or 40, even though it's got like a uh, 
air brake in the front that supposedly guides air away from the cockpit, you still can't see anything above 40 with that. But, like, it is so different driving a car with no windshield. And it's it's something, like, even though I've driven a couple of them, I will still, like, I'm still not 100% comfortable driving. It's just weird. Yeah, mm. I don't really know what the appeal is. I'm just like, why would you not I want... It, I don't know. It might if be you're like going, like, 130 miles an hour and you get hit by, like, a bug in your face or something. Like, that would hurt. It hurt a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I, feel like, bad I feel like you would have to wear a full-face helmet with one of those things. You have to. You look yeah. like you have to. You do, and it, uh, from the... Yeah, and from the factory, uh, you can get one painted in the same color uh, that you get your car painted, so it matches oh, or whatnot. Yeah. Um, uh, I know, like some dollar option. That that whole that whole sentence needs to be repeated. Damn it! You were talking. You guys both were talking at the same time, and it just sounded like mangled up mess. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I know a couple years back because it is a few year old vehicle. Um, Ferrari and Lamborghini did something similar. Uh, Ferrari had the SP2 or one Monza, something like that. That's a open seater like that. And Lamborghini had like a couple one-off ones too. But yeah, I'm not. I mean, they're super cool and they're gorgeous cars, but um, they're not necessarily the ones I would pick. Gotcha, gotcha. Very cool. They're cool, though. It looks it looks neat. It looks fucking awesome. And speaking of notable cars that you've worked on, uh, Sterling and Pixie, do you guys know who Shmi 150 is? Why does that sound familiar? I don't know. He's a, he's a YouTuber uh, with, like, millions of subscribers. He's a car YouTuber. Doesn't he? I think he's based in Germany. I could be wrong about that. Uh, UK. The UK, okay. He's based in the UK, and he has this giant garage filled with supercars and, like, really cool-looking cars and stuff like that. Uh, Brett mm-hmm. here has worked on his AMG GT. Ooh. And can you tell us about that, Brett? Yeah, so um, back in January when we had our grand opening at the new location that we have, we kind of coordinated it with um, Barrett Jackson and Russo and Steel and uh, RM uh, auctions in Scottsdale. So we had like our own little like uh, um, Monterey Car Week, but in Scottsdale. So like all the high prized cars and whatnot. There are a couple uh, like Bugatti EB110s up for auction, Ooh. Ferrari F50s and all that kind of stuff. Um, cool. And so Shmi was doing a kind of like a tour of the U.S., and he had shipped over his, I think it's like a 2022 uh, AMG GT Black. Mm-hmm. So, like, brand new. That's the one with, like, the, the top-end GT you can get. Um, and I know he was running around and doing, like, all the events or whatnot. And so my work, uh, about two or three times a year, will host a track day uh, for our customers that want to take their cars to a track. So it's about 30, 40 miles away from us, and we hosted it, and he tagged along with his GT Black. So That's this was on, like, a Thursday, and we we're about to go to a Hennessy, uh, the Venom G, uh, Venom F5 Revolution party. Wow. So Because wow. technically we're also a uh, Hennessy dealership, so we're going to get... I believe we're going to get some of the uh, Venom F5s. Um, but yeah, so we're all... 
this was like seven o'clock at night. We were shutting down about to all go to the party. I was down the street and I see this solar beam yellow AMG black pull up. And I'm like, there's only one guy who I know that has that color spec of that car. And so I go ahead and I open the garage and it's Shmi. And he's like, hey, I know you guys are like closing down. I had nowhere else to go. The Mercedes-Benz dealerships are closed. Um, but I was on your guys' track day, and they said that you guys might have somebody here that's be uh, willing to help. I'm like, they're probably talking about me because I like never go home and I'm there all the time. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm willing to help. <laughs> so nice. He, uh, I forget what he had done to his tire, but one of them had just uh, got a hole in it. I think he ran something over. Oops. So I had uh, his car on my rack for two days. Um, he was busy like the whole next day doing uh, conferences and videos at uh, Barrett Jackson. Um, and it's kind of cool because like I, I was uh, had got all his contact information. So like I've I've talked to him after that, uh, just seeing how he's doing and how the car's going. But like just like texting him and messaging him, saying be like, hey, you got the tires yet, um, or whatnot. So I got the tires uh, the next day after that. Uh, put him on, did a full like inspection on his car. He didn't, he didn't ask for that, but I mean, I know how he drives his cars, and I'm like, if it's gonna be here, I might as well do it. It's not that often you get to drive <laughs> or work on somebody of that caliber's car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I made sure his car was all good, got him new tires on there, and got him on his way. And he was a, he was a happy camper about it. So it was, it was kind of cool because when my boss wrote up that uh, RO, he didn't have his actual name, so he just put me one fifty on the RO for the name. So I kept that <laughs> RO hilarious. and I have it hanging on the toolbox. That's awesome. Nice. So yeah, that's that's pretty fun. That's super cool. I'm trying to think of what the most expensive car I've ever driven is. The most expensive car I've ever driven is a Bentley Bentayga that was here there for a fucking wheel vibration because they slammed into a curb or something. That's no, because everybody likes to. <laughs> everybody that has money will just run over train tracks at like Mach six, and they always get they always and they're always it's always run flat tires, and they'll just get bubbles or they'll separate every time, and it's like. Yep. And it's like, yeah, your tire separated. The tire is nine hundred dollars, and he's like, yeah, it's my boss's car, so I'll get back to you. And he said, because it's like an expensive building down the street that some rich dude owns, or whatever. And there's always Rolls Royce and Bentleys parked in front of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he brought his his car, the car to my shop for some reason. It's like, why? It costs more than the building. <laughs> That's more than the whole business. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And everyone's wages. The most expensive car (laughs) I've ever worked on was a 222 chassis Maybach S600. Nice. Ooh, those are nice. I don't remember who it belonged to, but I know my shop foreman said this belongs to a NBA player, so be careful with it. (laughs) Did you have to to move the seat very far forward because the guy was taller than you? I did have to move the seat forward, yes, which is insane because I'm 6'3". Now you know how I feel. (laughs) I've worked on a few celebrities' cars. Can you name a few? But the funny thing is, like, um, so do any of you guys follow baseball? A little bit. A little bit. No. (laughs) Uh, Trevor Bauer. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I have literally, when he dropped it off, I said, hi, no idea who he was. He got out of his, uh, 765. 
Um, so like when it comes to like athletes and like celebrities like that, I have not a clue anybody. So like I'll <laughs> immediately like, I'm you know sure like he's kind of like no, well, not at all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but like I was like, oh hey, it's just some guy with a seven six five. But when my service advisor came and gave me the RO, he's like, oh you know who this is, right? I'm like, no, who is it? And he's like, it's I I don't even know the team he plays for, but I think it's texas or something like that but yeah no uh, i've worked on trevor bowers car um um what else the koenigsegg uh, trevita uh that we have in every now and then that was uh owned by uh floyd mayweather oh wow so it's currently in a different uh, customer's hands now um then there's me uh and there's i think there's like a number of other athletes that i've done but like they just go over my head. So, like, to me, it's just a car. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Bauer played for the Diamondbacks, the Indians, the Reds, and the Dodgers. And he's, curr- gotcha. and he's currently playing for the Bay Stars in Japan. Sports ball. Mm-hmm. Interesting. An American playing baseball in yeah. Japan is not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> and uh, speaking of, like, celebrities and stuff, it reminds me of when I used to work at... Uh, GoPro motor track house motorplex, excuse me. When I, I thought you were going to say Target again. I was going to. No, I did see a celebrity at Target, actually. Uh, the Target that oh, I worked God. The Target that I worked at had uh, Matt Hardy show up a lot. The wrestler from old days of WWE. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Fuck? Did you see that? Yes. Yeah. Look at this. Have, why do you have so many thread notifications? I don't know. What is Threads? I don't fucking. Whoa. It's it's a knockoff whoa. Twitter that everybody's going. What to. is going on? What did is going t- on? Did you what post the fuck something? Is that? Oh, it, did you just join Threads? No, I did like a few weeks ago. But look at this. Look oh, at this. so what happened was those are yeah, all man. of the users. Those are all the users that you had to manually approve. And now they they all just got approved at the same time. Threads does this oh. weird thing where you had to manually manually approve a lot of your followers. So. It just, all of them were like, okay, they all follow you now. Yeah, I had like 2,000 followers this morning. Now I have 3,700, just as of just now. Yep. You have to manually accept followers? You had to, unless you waited, and then it just did it automatically. Like, it just did with Sterling. Uh, 3,706. How many do I have? Hold on. I don't, I'm not going on threads. (laughs) Yeah, that was fucking wild. It was just like, I've never seen notifications do that. Yeah. I have, oh wow, it went up. I've got 7,281 now. Yeah, 7,200. I mean, McLaren's story that my friend told me. What you got? Oh, yeah. So a while ago, so my friend, one of my best friends is, uh, lives in like the DC ish area or like the Virginia, like Virginia, whatever Virginia is over there or whatever. So where I work. Yeah. Because he was a, a guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Oh, yeah. And uh, one time he was sitting at a red light and fucking Jeff Bezos pulls up in a... Was it a Senna or a P1? I don't remember. See, it was one of those two cars at a red light and he did not like being fucking photographed in the car. I believe it. Hey, he seems like- to be one of the more private guys, but yeah, those whether it be a Senna or a P1, those are incredible machines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Senna is uh, the Senna is so cool. I can't believe Doug Demiro called it ugly. I mean, it kind of is to me. The Senna is looks not amazing, amazing so my dude. Fucking cool looking. Yeah, the Senna is one of my favorite McLarens. It looks like they they literally took like what air does in a wind tunnel and then made a car look like that. 
<laughs> make the car look like wind. I was say, isn't aren't all McLarens like done with like CGI? Not CGI, but like CGI AutoCAD, like fucking. I know that they, I so, wouldn't imagine. Or they're all done with like fluid dynamics. The body, the body lines are all done in, in fluid dynamics. Pretty much. So right. I'm not sure if any of you, any of you have seen pictures of um, what they call MTC McLaren Technology Center, like their factory. Oh, the, um, isn't over that, in the UK? Isn't that like their F1 headquarters as well? Uh, I think so. Yeah, the one with like the yeah. giant lake. Yeah, it's a big it's circular like building. Down there. So, yeah. Correct. So that lake actually cools the wind tunnel that is underneath that lake. Hell yeah. So they have the biggest wind tunnel, I believe, in the world for automotive. Um, So they spend a ton of money on, like, aerodynamics and all that kind of stuff. So, like, for example, the P1, uh, whenever we go to training or whatnot, how they designed the P1 was they took all, like, this component suspension, chassis, tub, engine, and they laid a piece of, like, cloth over it. And that's basically how they made the body. So there's nothing that's not needed on that uh, silhouette of the car. And it just, like, cuts through the air. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, how they how they build them and how they design them is just... It's like next level. Like, and I'm not bashing the other Italians because I love them. Oh, well, at least Lamborghini. I'm not. I'm not the biggest Ferrari fan. Um, but like, I mean, Lamborghini might sound better. Ferrari might have a like the pedigree and whatnot. But if you compare all the models in like the same bracket, McLaren wipes the floor with all of them any day, just like yeah. performance-wise and how they feel. Yeah. How maintenance heavy are McLarens as compared to like Ferraris and Lamborghinis if you would if you know. They're not too bad. Um the 720 is kind of like the uh the golden child of the um the range. Uh there's only like a f- small handful of uh quirks that it sees like accumulators go out for suspension, um, some small electronics like parking sensors. Um, but I mean, we have a couple of customers that daily their cars, um, and we have uh, many customers that beat the crap out of these cars. And the only thing that they don't necessarily like is being modified um, mm-hmm. just because of how like finely tuned everything is on those vehicles but i mean it's very uncommon to see like catastrophic failure otherwise and like engines uh transmission stuff like that um so it's not very common that we see one towed in for like massive uh catastrophic uh problems like that has anything catastrophic happened before that you've come across uh so, yeah, I've had to replace about, uh, I think I'm on my sixth engine I've had to replace now. Oh, wow. Um, what, what they like to do is if you modify them to the moon, um, since the oil pump is chain-driven, uh, the cylinders four and eight are furthest from the pump. So they like to uh, make uh, um, viewing holes in the bed plate of the engine uh, from the piston uh, and rod. Uh, so I've seen like through the 
through the bed plate a couple uh, internal engines that I should not have been able to see through. Um, <laughs> but uh, oops, yeah. Then there's been a couple where um, that they've just been driven like hard, hard, and uh, uh, a guy who I lo- I love this customer. Like he's one of my favorites. He loves he's he's a car nut. Like he like to talk about cars he likes to be around cars all that kind of stuff uh and he's destroyed uh a axle or a hub uh on one of his cars just from launching it too many times Oops. um <laughs> and, he, and, and, and he drove it to the dealership like that ah. and i was like well okay. <laughs> but uh yeah super cool guy i love talking to him he's always got some cool stuff working on um but yeah it's uh i will say it is kind of repetitive like work that i do which can get a little bit annoying sometimes but i mean i i can't complain a whole lot yeah i wanted to ask about the maintenance thing because i have a friend who's a ferrari mechanic and she says they're all pieces of shit and built like ass well that's what everyone every mechanic says that about every brand so no it's kind of that's true but like (laughs) she's like she's never seen cars that need so much maintenance in her life i mean the like the mp4 12c the first road car that they made um besides the f1 those are kind of because mclaren (laughs) yeah they're not my favorite uh they're they're weird kind of they all have quirks they're all built a little bit different than the others um but those were made in 2012 i believe was the uh oldest one so we don't have any cars that i touch that are older than 2012 which mm-hmm. is kind of nice because like you don't have to yeah. get into like all the like see like suspension bolts or anything like that um or any like the interior that's falling apart really um but yeah they're com- like maintenance wise compared to ferrari and lamborghini i'd say they're at least in my opinion and this is only working on mclaren uh I'd assume it'd be just as good, um, at least for Lamborghini. I'd probably compare them to like the uh, the Hurricane, um, which is kind of like the uh, I don't know the golden child supercar nowadays because everybody has one and they're like bulletproof kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're probably like a little bit less than that, but definitely better than like the four five eights that like to catch fire anytime it's above eighty degrees. Four five oh. eights are so pretty though. They really are. I'd never own one though because of this. I would. They're they're pretty and they sound good, but uh, it's you're you're not missing much. If know. I'm not mistaken, I think they say uh, Ferrari is like two and a half dollars a mile or some shit as far as maintenance costs or whatever the Jesus. fuck. Jesus, no wonder they're all low mileage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I was gonna get a Ferrari yeah, probably, or a, a Lamborghini, I'd probably get like a first gen, like first year first gen Murcielago. There you go. Those are so cool. I like it, dog yeah. box. If I could choose a Ferrari to get, I would get the FXXK, or as I like to call it, the fuck. You mean yes? Because every single Schumacher's car. Yeah, every single time you see that car, you go, "Holy fuck!" Yeah, that thing's I, stunning. I love the shark-like fin winglets on the back. That's my favorite part of mm-hmm. it. Yeah, Looks agreed. Cool. You guys know what we're doing in September? Uh, we. You guys are coming to my house? What? No, we're. 
Okay, so there's this there's this race. There's this motorcycle race specifically. Yeah. Moto America race. It's Circuit of the Americas in Texas. So we are going to Texas, but not your house. Oh, I hardly <laughs> know her. But yeah, you hardly know who, what. Do you guys wanna? Do you guys wanna hang out with us? Flag time hosts, Duraworks and Pixie and Serrated Mobius me. Uh, you want? Do you wanna? Why would you say it like that? I don't. Yeah, would you say it like? <laughs> I didn't say Morbius. So whatever. Morbius. <laughs> it's Morbin time. September 8th through the 10th, Moto America race at Cirque of the Americas. All three of us are going to be there. If you want to join us and hang out with us, you're more than welcome to. Tickets are $90 for the weekend, apparently. We are not associated with Moto America or partnership, but we don't have a partnership with them in any way. So this is, this is we're just going. We're just going to this race. It's going to be out of pocket just... on our expense. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you got This is not a giveaway. We're just going. Come hang out with us. It'd be, it'd be great. Yeah. As as far as like the atmosphere of shops go, what's the difference between the <laughs> Mercedes shop that you worked at and the McLaren shop that you work at now? So this answer might shock everybody. But, <laughs> this answer um, might shock you. <laughs> <laughs> how we were before we started recording, that's like a day-to-day basis at our shop. That's awesome. So we we only have four techs. We have me, the shop foreman, uh, another standard tech, and then a apprentice. So we're, it's only four of us, one service advisor, and we're all like super close. We all hang out all the time. Um, and when I, as much as I hate to say like the stereotypical saying, it's like a family, it truly is because like, we all get along very well, but yeah, we do get at each other's throats sometimes. Mm-hmm. But um, like where it comes down to um, formalities and all that kind of uh, like corporate stuff, um, the Mercedes shop I was at, it was a Penske store. So it was like corporate as you could get in the, uh, at least in the dealership side of things. So mm-hmm. like the exact dealership that I'm working at, it's also a Penske dealer. <laughs> oh, yep. Yep. I mean, I mean, I love Penske. Penske is amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I got nothing against Penske at all. No, they were, they were, they were very good to me, um, when I was there, but, uh, just compared to that atmosphere, it's like, cause I'm sure that you've probably had, uh, um, serrated, uh, um, like some probably issues, uh, with content or whatnot, um, like seeing so, like what you're able to post and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I read the um, that was the first thing that I did was I read the social media clause and um, mm-hmm. they said you're not allowed to live stream at the shop, but they didn't say anything about not filming at all. Like if they said if you post something with the dealership in frame or if you're posting from in the dealership, you just have to post a disclaimer that what you're posting does not reflect the views of the dealership that you're working at, which is now why most of the dealers what I had to do. Yeah, exactly. So like most of the content that you see that I post now, um, it's just, it's got that disclaimer down at the bottom. Just so just because I read the social media clause and I'm just following rules now. Right. So yeah, because that's how it was at, um, <laughs> That's how it I was at uh, my Mercedes dealership. <laughs> um, but I think there was an incident at one of uh, another Penske store, kind of in my region, that sparked like just our area to be like completely like 
against any kind of posting. Um, oh, okay. So, like, that's why I didn't, like, get anything over there or didn't start doing it until I went to McLaren. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I just get so much more freedom at McLaren. I kind of work hand-in-hand uh, hand with uh, the sales department and the uh, manager, at least to be like, hey, if I have a question, am I able to post this? And then sales is kind of like, if uh, they have cars up there, I'm always able to take photos of those and do whatnot. And that kind of helps promote their sales as well. Um, So I'm not like selling anything, but I'm just getting all that stuff out there, even though I don't have that many followers yet. But Mm -hmm. like, it's more of a, just because of how small we are, I'm able to do a lot more in this environment than I was at Mercedes. Yeah. And and it and it depends. It it varies from dealer to dealer. Like even in highly corporate settings, because I've gone directly to the general manager of the dealer that I work at, and he just got hired there. And I talked to him, and I was like, "Hey, I've got this Instagram page with 112,000 followers that uh, everybody knows that I'm a Mercedes technician. If you guys want to use that for whatever reason." It's open to be able to use, and this is what I do. I showed it to him, and he's like, hell yeah. He didn't say that with exactly, but... Um, <laughs> he's like, hell yeah. <laughs> he, basically said, say. he's basically said, yeah, that's pretty cool, and I'll get you in touch with our marketing department. So I'm waiting to hear back oh, from, from them. Um, nice. But that, that's the reason why I was allowed to do a uh, commercial for this podcast, which you can hear right now. Hello, Serrated Mobius here. Are you an automotive technician that lives in or around the Washington, D.C. area? Furthermore, would you like to work in the same shop that I do? If the answer to either of those questions is yes, Mercedes-Benz of Chantilly, just south of the Dulles International Airport in Virginia, would like you to know that they are currently hiring and looking for experienced passenger car and sprinter technicians. Definitely sprinter technicians. We, we need those. Sign-on bonuses are available for those who qualify. If you're interested, send me a DM on Instagram at serratedmobius. That's S-E-R-R-A-T-E-D-M-O-B-I-U-S, and I'll let you know where to go from there. Look forward to working with you. I was able to do <laughs> that sick. advertisement um, because, like, they said it was okay. So even though it's a Penske dealer, it's uh, it. I guess it varies from dealer to dealer. So, yeah, I understand that completely. Yeah, and, like, because I was at Penske for a couple of years because the Acura I was at, uh, that was Penske as well. Um, so, mm-hmm. and I was actually in a car accident while I was at Acura, um, and they were like super, uh, super helpful. They got me another position while I was like in a wheelchair and all that kind of stuff. So oh, wow. I'll never say any bad things about Penske. Uh, I know a lot of the techs there are not a fan of, uh, the company, but to me, they've always been good to me. So it was kind of, it honestly was hard leaving the Mercedes store for this. Um, but I just thought it was a time for a, a, a different route. Yeah, the, the benefits are pretty damn good, I will say. Like, I, I do like where I work. Yeah. But uh, that is pretty cool that um, you've got that camaraderie there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like with our, uh, I guess she's kind of a warranty administrator. She kind of does, she wears a bunch of hats. Um, but like with, uh, if I take photos of like a group of cars or whatnot, they'll use that on their social media, on, uh, the shops, Instagram, uh, and they use my stuff for like customer cars and all that kind of stuff. Um, so my GM is pretty cool. Like I can take photos of anything outside showing the cars for anything like sales or anything like that. 
Um, for customer cars, I gotta keep it more like mechanical. So like any pictures you see like that I post that are kind of like of strictly like the brakes or like the engine bay or like suspension or anything like that, that'd be a customer car that uh, you obviously you can't tell what car it is by just looking at the brake rotor. Yeah. Um, so like, as long as I just like, keep it like that, um, where you can't really identify it, uh, then I'm all good to go. Uh, I do have a couple customers that have told me specifically, it's like, Hey, go ahead, use my car or whatnot. I love what you do. And just like, if you want to take photos of it, go for it and post it. Um, but for the most part, uh, I know just like this clientele, they kind of like to be a little bit more on the private side. So I definitely want to respect that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So like unless it's like a sales like uh um like specially bespoke vehicle i'm yeah, as much as i want to post them because we see some cool stuff but i don't i, I don't want to infringe on any privacy or anything like that just because a lot of these customers are uh more on the private side yeah no that's understandable because like you just got to think about it in a way of yeah i can post this car once and then yeah. I, yep. and then i won't be able to post anything ever again so <laughs> yep yeah, that's definitely in my mind. So, like, <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> me, Sterling, <laughs> fucking Sterling, roasting everything he sees. <laughs> like this guy's got a fucking Confederate flag on his car. This is his license plate number. <laughs> yeah, Sterling, <laughs> you, ha- you have the luxury of not having a corporate like fucking entity watching over your. Yeah, <laughs> like so- my boss is just like, yeah, don't like show like license plates of people's cars that are at the shop but like what the fuck ever i don't really care what you do immediately goes to film something going oh, i'm gonna come <laughs> just like in the shop like <laughs> shit that i can never testicle do. nut blast <laughs> all right i think yeah. that's, i think it's a good time to get to the uh I can never remember this fucking word. The listener interaction. Listener interaction? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can, never, right there, I can never remember that phrase, even with 12 hours of sleep. I'm Uh-oh. like, what happened? It was my turn with the brain cell today, that's why. Uh, is Sasha here? Is she vomiting on the floor right now? <laughs> the look that Sterling is giving the computer screen. He's just here in the background. <laughs> 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 Are you- there she is. <laughs> Are you cutie? You want to come here? Hello, Sasha. It's a great bird seed war. Oh, oh fuck! Do <laughs> 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 you want get down? Her feet sticking out. She wants down. <laughs> she just wants to be here. <laughs> hey, <laughs> there you are. All okay, progress we're... stops when there's a cat. There's yeah. cock cam, especially with <laughs> Sasha. Listener interactions. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, we've, we've got the, we've got we've got the mascot of flag time on screen cat right time. now. <laughs> Fuck the user questions. It's cat time. <laughs> it's, it's cat and time. None, none of the listeners get to see cat time. So we have we have an inside joke with uh, my family in North Carolina, where with our pets, oh God. with our pets, <laughs> however many white whiskers they have, that's how many war crimes they've committed. And it looks like Sasha here what has committed f- about four. Oh, Sasha has a few. Yeah, Sasha has. <laughs> They're all white whiskers. They're all white. <laughs> Sasha, do I have to count your. Yeah, whiskers? I'm a bunny, and he's white. <laughs> Sasha is a is a 1920s German warlord. <laughs> <laughs> Saying hi. 
Why is Why? Facebook giving me notifications? <laughs> Go. Okay. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go ahead and go to the listener interaction portion of this podcast, which you can go to at Flag Time Podcast on Instagram. That's where you can go and participate in the listener interaction portion. And the first question that was submitted is by Vermilion Spitfire seventy six, and they ask, "What's the worst job to do on a McLaren?" Could be her for a while. Oh, um, <laughs> say, what's what's the worst job? Like the one that stands out the most. So the first thing that comes to mind on me is doing a spark plug job on a P11 chassis. So that's uh, 12C, 650, 675, uh, that platform. Um, and that's because the uh, um, one of the frame rails is about two inches above the valve cover on both sides. Nice. And you, cool. <laughs> you you can do the spark plugs in the car. I've done them many times. Um, but they are just a complete pain in the ass to do. Um, especially on uh, uh, like uh, three and seven where the frame's right above the coil. And you kind of have to like build your extension in the uh in the spark plug uh um uh tube so like you have to put down your um, oh yeah uh spark plug socket put them down in the tube then you have to put a extension down in the tube then you have to put another small extension down the tube and then you put your ratchet on it and you can only go like two or three teeth and then you have to take the ratchet off i was about to say is it a subaru that sounds like but, uh, a that sounds like a 278 in an S class, like cylinders four. Oh yeah, I'm not a fan of the uh, the 276 uh, on like the GLEs. Um, yeah, th- uh, there's, there's a reason why we can charge three and a half hours for that spark plug job. <laughs> yep, you know what? Uh, was it cylinder eight? That yeah. it's mm-hmm. yep with the yeah yeah. I hate Wait on a 276. Um, 276 is a six cylinder. The six that yeah. The one closest to the driver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the 276 engines, uh, I've always made this comparison to where, like, doing the spark plugs on the passenger side of the engine is like eating a jelly donut. It's very pleasant. It's very easy to do. Um, doing the spark plugs on the driver's side of that engine is like also like eating a jelly donut, but it has glass in it. <laughs> that is yeah. an analogy <laughs> yeah because you have to move the whole uh um i forget what i is that the ecm ecu that's yep. just chilling right there yeah the ECU. yeah right you there. have to move that um also the dipstick tube is in the way yep you got that e10 or whatnot that you drop every time and it's aluminum so it's not magnetic you can't just yep. use a magnet which is so, yes, easier I have... than a toyota sienna spark plugs i would not know you gotta take the whole <laughs> i have manifold so off. many oh nice <laughs> i have so many like magnetic sockets and tools for mercedes that yeah. when i went over to mclaren i was like oh man these are gonna these are going to come in such handy. And then 99% of all the hardware in a McLaren is either aluminum or titanium. I said, it's titanium, not magnetic, because I'm not rich enough to understand. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't think it is. Um, I think uh, there's a special kind of magnet that is magnetic to them. But like all the standard like magnetic sockets or whatnot, um, at least to my knowledge, uh, they don't they don't work on them. 
Interesting. You mind? Gotta love weight savings. <laughs> oh, 100%. And now we'll go to the dumbest question that I see. Hell yeah. Uh, My favorite ha- part. Have you ever put cheese on a McLaren and called it mac and cheese? Fucking, I knew that was going to be a question, <laughs> and I'm still disappointed. You know, I'm kind of disappointed I haven't, Look, but now I might have to go home, and uh, when I get back to work, I might just have to bring a slice of like mac uh, of uh, cheese and put it That'd on. Be it. And, uh, <laughs> that that would be a good reel. That would be a good reel. Make that, and I'll, I'll, re- I'll put that on my story. Oh, I will too. Actually, just send, make make it and send me a clip, and I'll put it in a video. <laughs> mac and cheese. <laughs> if you had a Big Mac and a piece of cheese, you'd be Big Mac, Mac and, mac and cheese. Oh, man. <laughs> the small stroke mid-sentence. This, Big Mac, Mac, Mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this this goes into the little text conversation that, we, that you guys had um, in the Flag Time Guest Lounge on our Discord. Lucas Kopst asks, what are test drives like, and do you still get adrenaline rushes driving them? So, depending on what uh, the vehicle's in for, if it's just like a service or whatnot, uh, I tend to do a smaller test drive just to um, keep the vehicle low miles. Because, like I said earlier, it is very rare for us to have a vehicle that is above like 10, 12,000 miles. Yeah. Uh, So, I don't necessarily want to put even like 10 miles on the vehicle for like a test drive or anything like that. Like I'd rather keep it at like two or three if possible, just to uh, keep the vehicle as low mileage as possible. Uh, So if it's a service, uh, it's a short kind of down the block, make sure that the, uh, all the, we have a checklist for everything that we need to uh, take a look at, which does include from mclaren themselves uh there is a section for a performance of which you have to test full throttle uh capabilities mm-hmm. so technically <laughs> oh my God. from mclaren we're supposed to test out full throttle on every car that we drive basically and i have a job um, i don't do <laughs> I don't do that just because I don't necessarily want uh, my license taken away from me right. um, by the cops. So I just I give it enough to know that it's um, satisfactory and all that kind of stuff. Uh, drivability concerns, then I'll go like then I'll go for like further if the customer approves it. I always want to get customer approval before taking out on like a 10, 12 mile test drive um and all that kind of stuff so i i stay away from freeways as much as possible unless like the customer says um there is a shimmy or a vibration at 130 on the tires which we have gotten uh not too long ago by a customer um so like that i'll have to go and like uh replicate uh to see if what he's talking about is true um but besides that it's it's the standard test drive. Do I still get um, excited about them? Eh, I hate to be that guy that says like I've been numb, numb to it, but I kind of have. I mean, I, I get it. Seven twenties are like incredible machines, and there's if you're in a seven twenty, you're faster than ninety five percent of everything out there, anyhow. Um, so those still give me like uh, uh, chicken skin, um, and like I, I love those. Seven twenties are my jam all day. Um, but like 
when I have to test drive like a Senna P1 Alva, that's kind of when like I still kind of get like all I'll do like my happy dance when I get back. If you want to put it that way, just like that, that's cool. Like coming back from like driving a one and a half million dollar Senna that looks like a complete UFO on the street. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That, those are cool, but. It's kind of like me. I'll never get tired of driving any AMG GT. Doesn't matter what trim level it is. Those are my yeah, favorite I love cars. Those. Yeah, I, love I, I agree with that. Like we're gonna get the random boosted American muscle car for no reason. <laughs> it's there for alignment. It's like, oh, a seven hundred horsepower Corvette. Don't mind if I do. Mm-hmm. Speaking of cars that give you uh, chicken skin or goosebumps, for those of you who don't know what chicken skin is, I'm not even gonna pr- uh, attempt to pronounce this name. I'm just gonna say the question. <laughs> no, you have to. You have to try. Uh, Raha Madaltov. <laughs> I, I, that's. Sick. I probably offended somebody saying that, but anyway. They Why ask, is there a demon in my room? <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, they ask, what is Why is your... there a demon in my room? Is that what you just said? <laughs> yeah. If we didn't offend them before, we definitely did now. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they ask, what is your favorite car, Brett? It doesn't have to be a McLaren. It could be whatever your favorite car is. That's, I don't really... Okay, so I'll give two answers with that. My favorite McLaren would have to be a Senna GTR. I think those are just like the most insane cars out there. Um, But outside of McLaren, it would have to be, I'm going to say a 212 AMG wagon. Hell yeah. But like the uh, the facelifted one. So it's got the uh, the 157. (laughs) Yeah, but then you lost them. Yeah. I'm, sorry, I'm a I'm a pre facelift enthusiast. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. so you like the one with like the four uh, the four headlights? Yeah, the four eyes. Yes. Yeah. Did they make those for one year with the 156 in it? I think so. They made them with the 156, and then it went to the 157. Yeah. So I had a 09 E63 um, with the mm. 156, and Hell that yeah. was. I miss that car. I love that thing so much. I had the uh, um, secondary cat and resonator delete, and that was it. So, like, it was loud on in throttle, but, like, everything else was just, like, calm and cool, like, just, uh, mm-hmm. just coasting. But the 156, and I will say this to the day I die, is my all-time favorite engine. Hell yeah. We are on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> there's There's no other engine that sounds like that. And I love it. Uh, Barra E asks, are McLarens serviceable? No. (laughs) (laughs) They do not. You buy them, you buy them for a million dollars, you drive them 2,000 miles, and then they're broken forever, and you have to buy another one. (laughs) Everybody knows that. Yeah, idiot. It's in the manual. I'm on my fourth one. (laughs) (laughs) What? So, yeah, that, next next that, question. That, that's, that's that one. Yeah. <laughs> Overwest asks: Hand tools only for McLaren? Is this true? Is this a true statement or an urban myth? So I have invested a ton in my hand tool collection since being at McLaren. Um, so like everything that's kind of like exterior or like more visible. Um, I a hundred percent do only by hand. So like lug nuts. 
I'll break my hand. Um, I'll use my impact once they're broken off and just like freely uh, spinning. Right. Um, that's just for uh, time saving. But I obviously use like sockets that have the protective sleeve on it only. Mm-hmm. Um, but on like all the chassis stuff underneath, nine times out of ten, I'll still break it by hand. Um, and then if anything, use my little uh, screwdriver snap on uh, or Milwaukee Impact too. Um, the only thing. I'll ever do with a impact uh, from the get go is a axle nut. Yeah, but I mean, besides that, that, like, yeah, besides that, everything else is uh, um, I all break by hand. Do I necessarily take it all out by hand? Not necessarily, but everything else is ninety nine percent broken off by hand or broken loose. Gotcha. So I use hand tools a oh. lot, um, and uh, yeah, I. Like I haven't used my half inch impact um more than four times in a year and a half being there. Meanwhile I broke my old one and had to buy a new one. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let me preface this next question by asking you, are you paid flat rate or are you paid sal- salary? Ah, uh, flat rate. You are flat rate. Okay, so Pyromaniacs mm-hmm. fifth yeah. Pyromaniac567 asks, what's the most hours you flagged on a single job? On a single job or like a pay period? Single job. So like on one car. God. I think for one car, I was up in probably 90 hours. Holy Holy shit. shit. Was that one week's worth of work or was that like a day's worth of work though? No, so that was a car that I took the engine out, um, and we sent it off to get rebuilt uh, by this customer. We gave him a couple options to either have a new engine replaced, or for if he wants to have it like rebuilt and like machine shopped or whatnot. So he went with the machine shop option, which was a lot cheaper. But uh, so I took the engine out, sent it to the shop. A couple months later, engine came back, put the engine back in. It was having issues, spent a ton of time diagging, took the engine back out to send back to the shop. And then when that got back from the shop, put that back in. So this was over like a year worth. But like I had actually clocked and flagged that many hours on that one car. But that was a good paycheck that week you got that, huh? It was. uh, Yeah, that was that was a lot. (laughs) I could not have a start a car and then finish it like a month later from engine work i would have forgotten how to put the engine back in so um about a year a little over a year ago i had a 221 s class and the the customer brought it in to have it diagnosed and it had a two what was it a 273 in it so the older v8 v8 yep and it had a balance sprocket issue. That was, that's what the codes led to. So we had to recommend the 30-hour job for that. And then the customer left without us doing it. He came back about a month later. Uh-oh. At, like, and he, it, he, he acted like he didn't come here before. And he was like, hey, I've got a check engine light on my car, just like he did a month ago. And uh, we diagnosed it again. I got the same car. I diagnosed it again. I was like, why does this car look familiar? Oh, okay. Like, done oh, this asshole again. Yeah, we've done this before. <laughs> this time, this time he had an extended warranty. 
Interesting. Uh, so when the extended warranty people got a hold of it, they were like, we need you to break this down to the point of failure. And we were like, uh, that requires engine removal and complete disassembly. Are yep. you sure? Yeah. Um, and in order to do that, we had to have the customer pay to get it broken down just so I didn't get fucked over on it. We're dealing with a car with that exact same thing right now. And we told the warranty company to go fuck themselves. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... but we had it broken down. The warranty company found out that he brought it to us a month before to have it diagnosed. And they considered it a pre-existing condition. Oh, uh, so, loser. <laughs> so now we have a completely torn down 221S class with no engine in it and the engine completely torn down. And the customer is refusing to pay for it to be reassembled. Just fucking t- take that shit and drop it off in his fucking yard. That's what we were going to do until the customer was like, no, keep it here. I'll get the money. So we push the car outside. We push the engine to the side of the shop. And three, <laughs> three months go by. In this span of three months, I went from 350 followers to 40,000 on Instagram. <laughs> and then... And it's then probably cus- his fault. And then the customer comes back and he's like, okay, fix it, replace it. I have the money for it now. So three months have gone by and I have a completely disassembled 273 not knowing how to put it the fuck back together. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to I had to read WIS in reverse <laughs> to figure out how to put it back in. We got God it back in it. and it worked just fine. So it took me about a week, but we got we got it going. If that would have happened to me, I would have been like, listen, I have to put this back together right now or I'm not going to remember how to do it later. And it's going <laughs> to cause a whole lot of problems. Yeah, yeah, no, it's kind of like that with us, too, because like if let's say we have an engine that needs to be replaced or whatnot, it, we might not even be able to get an engine for like a couple of months because there's not one in the States. So oh, I could take oh, an shit. engine out and if like um, the customer approves the engine replacement after we take it out to uh, determine if the engine was uh, totaled or whatnot. Only at that point will we know if we need to order an engine. And I've had it to where that they needed to order it, and it was like four or five months out. So I'm then there sitting with a car with no engine or transmission in it because they come out together or back subframe uh, on a dolly that we have to push out. And I have uh, like two or three of those wire racks just completely stuffed full of car parts. And um, so, yeah, like I'll take pictures of everything yeah. um, just because of where everything needs to go. And I know like I won't be touching this car again for maybe half a year. Yeah. So it's yeah. It definitely a challenge when it comes to that. Um, but I have a system where like I label everything uh, extremely well. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I can pretty much uh, put like if like let's say I take a uh, air box apart, I'll put the screws for the air box in a little ziplock, and then I'll write on a uh, sticky note air box uh, bolts. Yeah. Put that in a sticky note, and then I'll yeah. put ziplock in like a uh, little cubby that's either um, labeled engine, chassis, suspension, or body. Mm-hmm. I figured it's gonna go into one of those categories and I'll put that one of the categories and I, and I do it in like a uh, in like a left to right movement so the parts at the right most 
part of that box are going to be the ones that I took out the last. So those should be the first to go back in if I'm doing everything correctly. That makes sense. Yeah, I have a big, huge tackle box that I do the same thing with. Yeah. Did somebody say tackle box? Yes, I have a tackle box. Shut up, Pixie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going fishing tomorrow. (laughs) My man. That sounds good to me. It's going to be 103 degrees, though. We're going to go to this question just because... (laughs) We're going to go to this question just because I like this person's name. Uh, Tim Ass Tim Tum asks... (laughs) If you had to start over with tools, where would you start? Harbor Freight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's I kind of started um, like where everybody else would like at the bottom. I honestly didn't buy my first Snap-on wrenches until about like three months ago. Oh wow! Um, so you so saved like, a lot of money. Yeah. So like the wrenches I've had up until then are like gear wrench capri like stuff off like amazon or whatnot which don't get me wrong i love them and they get their job done but like a lot of my sockets and everything are not uh like off the tool truck they're all uh 90 of them i'd say are off amazon just because i don't want to spend 400 dollars on a 12 piece socket set from snap-on to me that's just like ludicrous and i don't have that kind of money i mean sure they're like good quality but i'm not paying that I'd probably invest more into ratchets at the beginning because it wasn't up until recently that I kind of expanded that collection of mine. I get a lot of uh, shit talk for, like, why do I need so many? <laughs> what is going on with your hat? I've been wearing it for, like, two minutes. <laughs> Eric sending me Snapchats of, of me. <laughs> I just sent that to 300 people, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, yeah, like, anyway. so... I get a lot of shit talk about like, oh, why do you need uh, like all these different ratchets? They all do the same thing. But I'm like, those come in handy so often. Like the indexing ratchets, the uh, Mm -hmm. swivel head ratchets. Like there's so many different applications that if I Mm -hmm. had those in the beginning, it would have saved me a ton of time and a ton of uh, um, struggles. So like, even though, yes, they all technically do the same job, just having a whole bunch of different variety of ratchets, it makes life a hell of a lot easier. Oh, yeah. I had to go with wrenches first because I do a lot of alignments and I I broke like six wrenches. I hate six. alignments. I love doing alignments. Oh, yeah, wow, no. they're such a pain. Yeah, no, Brett just, makes it known on his Instagram page that alignments are some of his like least favorite things to do. <laughs> how hard is it to do an alignment on a McLaren? So that's the thing. It's not hard, but it's a pain in the absolute dick. So like you have to take <laughs> the diffuser off to get to the oh. rear. on the alignment rack so if you want to do an alignment rack or an alignment on a mclaren you have to put it up on the normal rack undo the like 30 something bolts that hold the diffuser take the diffuser down drive it off the rack drive it onto the alignment rack do the alignment drive that back off and then i don't drive the cars with like any body panels missing just because um I don't want like any big rocks or whatnot, because uh, I'm in Arizona, so like there's more rocks than air, basically. <laughs> so I put um, the, I'll have to go back onto my rack, put the diffuser back on, and then I can take it for a test drive. And if anything's off in the back or whatnot, I have to do that whole process again. Fuck that. Uh, that sounds I mean, horrible. 
you got to do the same thing with Teslas because they have a the kind of the same thing. They got just covers underneath that you have to take off to actually get to the alignment parts. Fuck Teslas. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Teslas. I, I agree. Reminds me of the AMG GTs. There's a bit of a uh, there's a bit of a like an air inlet kind of. I think it directs it towards the brakes, the rear brakes. Most likely. Yeah, and you have to take yep. those air inlets off to do the rear toe. Ah, uh, that sucks. Death. Yeah, but it's it's a pain, especially because like how um, sensitive the alignment are on uh, the specs are on like any of our cars. Oh yeah. This so car like has to go even two hundred miles an hour and be straight. Exactly. And with like Arizona does not have the best roads. So like and I could take it for a test drive and on the way out to like the halfway point where I turn around, it could be fine. But if I hit like a pothole and it like takes out the whole back end alignment again, I I want to go home for the rest of the day. Uh, Yikes. That sounds horrible. Yeah, I'm I'm in Texas, so the roads aren't exactly much better here. Oh, yeah. I just got back from Texas not too long ago at Dallas at the uh, McLaren uh, headquarters there. And I'll tell you what, like the the entire neighborhoods that were like surrounding impeccable, like all like the houses looked amazing. All the properties looked fantastic. But the roads, holy shit, they were. Yeah, I mean, Dallas is terrible in the first place. So it's like worse (laughs) than normal. The fuck is your name? It's okay. So it's. It's spelled B I R K I R O R R I J. Beer Kirch. Yeah. Beer Kiro Ridge asks how many parts <laughs> how many parts do McLaren well, use? What? There's another demon in here. <laughs> <laughs> Beer Kiro Ridge. <laughs> for some reason all of our listeners For some reason all of our listeners have really indecipherable names uh how many parts do <laughs> mclarens use from other manufacturers if any uh so we use a lot of bmw oh, okay. um so uh so they all need the... cool pretty much yes <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're thinking of volkswagen volkswagen is the same thing so we took a fuel uh fuel rail off of a new artura uh, about two, three weeks ago, and um, I took a hold of the uh, fuel injector, and I was like, oh, man, this is, like, really cool, because it's, like, kind of skeletonized. Because, um, you know, uh, you've seen a fuel injector from a uh, fuel in, uh, direct-injected Mercedes, right? Yeah, the big They're fucking like the long tube tubes. things, yeah. Yeah, yeah so these are, like, skeletonized. So it's, like, metal and hard plastic, but they kind of look like a... Uh, like a uh, alien like ray gun kind of thing so i thought it was like the coolest thing ever Whoa. and then i posted one of my story and then i'm getting like all these messages from people be like oh yeah that's a bmw injector i'm like oh okay so it's not that cool <laughs> 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 but uh yeah we use a lot of bmw uh hardware stuff i guess i know one of the more famous things is the coil packs are like the same from like a nissan Sentra or something like that Oh wow! That's uh, yeah, it's it's great. But then every now and then you'll run into a uh, Mercedes uh, connector on the uh, wire harness. That makes mm. sense. Is there transmission so, fluid coming out of those? Uh, not those. No, the transmission fluid just likes to leak out of everywhere else, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like your average supercar. Yeah, everything. Yeah, they always do this leaking. thing where they uh, um, they have a like breather vent on the top, and it is what they call a burp. 
So you could have just the right amount of fluid. You could be driving normal and it will still burp like up to like a quart of fluid and it just goes everywhere. That's stupid. And yeah, (laughs) and try explaining that to a customer that that's normal behavior for your $300,000 car. Yeah, it's just going to shut all over your driveway probably. Yeah, no, that's not a bug. That's a feature. <laughs> Luckily, I don't have to talk to the customers about that because I'm not an advisor. But I would, I can't imagine those would go down. I'll yeah. be like, oh yeah, your car's supposed to do that. I do not I envy advisors' right. jobs. I wonder why it's like that when no other normal car does that, but the supercar's got to do that. Poop. I, I have no poop. idea. McLaren things. It's just to it's, it's to generate funds for the dealership. Pretty much, they probably have like an in their like programming. Be like, oh yeah, it's been a while since we've caused chaos. Just burp a bunch of fluid out. Mm-hmm. Average see. BMW moment. Let's see. Apex <laughs> Apex adjacent. Shout out to that podcast. I guessed it on their podcast re- very recently. Uh, Apex adjacent asks, are there any recent cars that you're not looking forward to working on in about five or ten years? Um. Any of them? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the uh, the Artura, the new uh, V6 hybrid one. Um, I'm not sure how much knowledge you guys all have on that vehicle, but I never it has in my life, so I'm gonna look at it. It has not been an easy uh, birth of that car. It was technically revealed like two or three years ago. But deliveries haven't started until recently, and they're having to pause all of them because of all the issues that they have. And yeah, we're seeing some like weird stuff on them. If McLaren is listening to this, it's a fucking fantastic car. I mean, they're fun as hell to drive. <laughs> that being said, they they are a little bit wonky. But uh, yeah, they. I'm not. I don't know. I'm not like fully um hybrid vehicleized uh vehicle certified so like all the orange spicy noodles i don't necessarily <laughs> mess with um yeah, so i'll have to hybrids either yeah so once i get more comfortable with them then i probably will be okay but up until that point i'm kind of just like i'll 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 stick i'll stay away from them Mm-hmm. Why the fuck does it remind me of the 2017 Acura NSX? Mm, it does look kind of similar, I guess. I, suppose, I think it's got the same kind of engine. Because the profile. NSX is a V6 too, I think. It's also a V6 hybrid. Interesting. But yeah, um, going back to the uh, person that asked that question. So I guested on their podcast, which is called Apex Jason, uh, about, I want to say a few months ago. And I was on episode like 390 something. The very next guest that they had on their podcast was fucking Matt Farah. Holy shit. That was a, that was a very strange thing to see. It was like, I guessed it on a podcast and literally their next guest that they had was this huge fucking automotive journalist that almost everybody knows about. And you got on right. the podcast first. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. Well, I, I got on there before he did. Woohoo. <laughs> if you if you listen to this podcast, you'll probably enjoy Apex Adjacent, so go listen to them for a few episodes. Definitely listen to my episode that I'm on. But we'll do one more question, because one, my phone is at one percent right now, so I gotta I gotta pick one real quick. Let's see. Solar Jimmy asks, what's your weirdest specialty tool that you have? Solar Jimmy. Talking balls. <laughs> um rubber dildo <laughs> I, uh, 
side side conversation. <laughs> I had one of those in my box that I used as a uh, wheel shock for a six seven five. Oh, that's but that's a different funny. Type. That is so uh, weird. <laughs> um, the weirdest special tool. I don't really. I mean, okay. I guess my funny answer for that would be I have a spear that I bought off Cornwell that I have. Yep. Uh, just hanging up next to my pry bar. Cornwell weapons. Yeah. <laughs> Cornwell's like, um, if you look at their fucking tool pamphlet, they always have like this fucking. They have a war axe and a like a machete, yeah, and, a tactical machete. Yeah. Cornwell's got yeah, some I shit going on here. The foreman has uh, ninja throwing stars from him. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other tech, I think he's got like a giant knife or something, but I got the long, uh, the long stabby boy um, that I just walk around with every now and then. But I don't really have like a whole bunch of weird specialty tools just because uh, McLaren is so like specialized that like any kind of weird tool that they need, like we have at their shop. So it's not like you have to like make your own kind of thing. So like if you look at my box, like it's got, it's, mostly just like standard stuff uh and then any kind of weird thing is usually uh provided by mclaren mm -hmm. yeah so I'm gonna go with, uh, what's the uh youtube channel that um featured your toolboxes recently uh toolbox tours yeah so if you guys go to toolbox tours on youtube you can see his workstation uh the mac doctors uh, and you can see the spear. You can see uh, a bunch of other things. You can also see a cameo of Speege on the toolbox. Yes. So, hell yeah! Brett was one of the first Speege uh, supporters that got one of the stickers and put it on his toolbox. I thought that was cool. Nice. Oh yeah, it's right next to a little Chode sticker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The wife, the wife got me that one because I, I, I guess I can be somewhat of a dick. So she got me that. She's like, you have to put that somewhere. I'm like, okay. <laughs> You're a little dick sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen the, uh, um, I forget, I haven't done it in a while, but that series where I have that kind of like little tiny toad figure. Yeah. I'll put on like all the uh, hyper cars that we get in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, it's been a while since I've done one of those, but I still have those pictures floating around. You need to put, um, Sterling and Pixie on your close friends story list so you they can get those too. <laughs> oh god. I'll have to do that. <laughs> Cuz it's it's quite hilarious seeing a tiny little dick figurine on this like $300,000 <laughs> supercar. <laughs> that's so funny. But yeah, that's why I put that's why I put the uh the phrase avid silly enthusiast on the story for the Flag Time podcast question. Ah, so that's what I do. Yes. I gotta come off as professional, but at the same time, I like to have a good time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, like everything formal, but I'm here to party too. Explains why you followed me in the first place. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Gotta have your silly little guy license always. <laughs> I think well, to be, to. I think to be an automotive technician in this day and age, you have to be a little bit unhinged. Like it's almost a requirement. So, yeah, there's, two sides, there's two sides to the unhinged. There's the silly and goofy, and then the unreasonably angry. Uh, yeah. I'm more of the yeah, silly and goofy side. I, I dabble in both. <laughs> Gotta keep everyone on their toes. <laughs> those dents in those those dents in the toolbox have to get there somehow. Right. <laughs> don't you have uh, Brett? Don't you have one of those uh, Matco Impact squirt guns as well? Yeah, yeah. So I have uh, the one that looks exactly like an Impact, 
Um, but my uh, favorite one is I bought a uh, little electric water pistol off Amazon. Um, and it, like, it came with a 1.5 volt little battery, and I'm like, this isn't enough. So I bought one of those Milwaukee M12 uh, battery, um, uh, what do you call it? Like connectors, I guess you'd call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I can walk around the shop now with the full on like uh, uh, automatic uh, water pistol thanks to this uh, M12 powered water gun. You're just putting so much current through it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's going <laughs> to melt the frame. I've, I've had to rebuild it. Yeah, I've had to rebuild it twice now because the, uh, the little electric motor just doesn't stand for more than like. 20 minutes total uh, usage time because it's spinning so fast. Yeah. So I have a uh, a box of just like little hobby motors that I have to put in once every two or three months just because I burn the motors out so much. Jesus Christ. That's funny. That's what you call a silly enthusiast right there. <laughs> put the oh, 18 man. volt max on it next time. <laughs> 40 volt Ryobi. <laughs> Like the gun just fucking explodes. <laughs> right? I'd imagine the little hobby motor would just shred apart in that case. It gets one squirt off right. and then immediately catches on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, I'd have to get, because uh, like all the gearing is plastic in there and that's already starting to like shave off. Yeah. So I'd have to get like small metal gears at that point yeah that's that's a little bit too much into it that i don't necessarily want to spend (laughs) just buy a whole new gun so i have an orbeez gun in my toolbox as well you have a what an orbeez gun in my uh toolbox like the ones that like the gel pellets or whatnot uh so yeah i have one of those as well too but not like an actual airsoft I'd get fired if I had a squirt gun or anything in my toolbox, honestly. <laughs> I thought about buying a Nerf gun for work, but I think that I think that would devolve yeah, too quickly. Same. Eventually the whole <laughs> shop would have them and then no work would get done. Exactly. Because already, like at the first shop that I worked at, do you guys know about the Mercedes Benz V twelve engines? They have these like red seals for the spark plugs. No. Mm-hmm. So on the on the V12s, the coil pack you have one coil pack per bank, like the it entire. Sounds terrible. Go on. Yeah, <laughs> you have to be really careful, otherwise you'll break it in half taking it off. But and that's like a twelve hundred dollar coil. Yeah, it's super expensive. Uh, but there's one coil pack f- per bank, and each cylinder has two spark plugs in it. So um, way smart. Yeah. So in a V12, you've got 24 spark plugs, 12 per cylinder bank. So you take this entire fucking thing out, and inside of the tubes are these little red seals, these little red rubber cylinders that separate the coil from the spark plug, and that keeps the spark going from the coil to the plug. Or that keeps the spark just... It, it'll, it allows it to only Isolate. go in that direction, yeah. Yeah. Um, and a common failure point for these um, seals is that they'll dry rot and break apart, and the spark will go through the seals and onto the side of the coil. No, and, and that's, that's just, yeah, because that's a great design for a spark plug. Yeah, it, that's what causes a lot of the misfires in the V12 engines. Um, hmm. But those little red seals, they would occasionally just fly across the shop. Oh, and Ow. and because there's 24 of them, it's almost rapid fire, because everybody would just start throwing them at each other. Oh, okay. 
And because they're rubber, they don't damage anything. They just bounce off of everything. You just yeah. throw handfuls at them on each other. Yeah. <laughs> just eat, eat red. <laughs> yeah. Firebolt. Anyway. Um, Fireball. <laughs> Get bent, losers. Penis blast. <laughs> anyway, uh, Brett, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, this is really awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything that you'd like to say before we sign off? Is there anything that you'd like to plug? Um, I mean, I just want to thank you guys all for having me. Uh, it's definitely an honor, especially coming from like, I think I only have like 1900 followers or whatnot. So to be kind of in, even talking to you guys with like some of the heavy, heavy digits up there, it's like, it's an honor. I love what all you guys do. Uh, definitely. I'd say with all of us, we have like a uh, good uh, correlation of like everything in the automotive tech side from like mm-hmm. A to B or whatnot. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see everybody's day to day life because all that stuff kind of fascinates me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you guys are doing awesome. Uh, and Hell if you yeah. want to see more uh, uh, content of like supercars and all that kind of stuff and weird stuff that I do every day, it's uh, the Mac Doctor One One Hundred One. It's my Instagram, and I've, I'm under a decent amount, so you'll see more of like my day to day mechanic stuff on my stories. Um, while like the uh, the photos and whatnot, they take a little bit longer with like editing, and that's kind of more for like uh, showcasing like what I'm working on, like the cars and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's kind of all mixed in there too. I've seen some cool stuff on there. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely plug your Instagram. We'll pl- plaster it all over everything in the uh, show description and all that kind of stuff. So we'll get more people over there looking okay. at what you do. Hell yeah, that works. And uh, yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you for joining us. Even um, a lot of the stuff that you post is really really cool. And I thought having a supercar technician would be an interesting um, uh, perspective on this show where we work on mainly regular shit. So regular um, cars yeah. <laughs> big Normal regular car driving, driving over here. pieces of shit <laughs> at the end of the day they're they're all just cars and we they we have to yell at them we have to swear at them they, they get on our nerves 100 percent. so it's and motherfuckers all can't drive <laughs> they're all just nuts and bolts mm-hmm. yep just like me for real for real for real for real <laughs> You've got a nut loose up there somewhere. I don't know. Just one? I do. <laughs> well, yeah, because there only is one. Oh, he just said you had one nut. Oh, no, I was talking about me. <laughs> but, yeah, you probably have one testicle. <laughs> no, the one super testicle. <laughs> what the one big ass ball? It's like this big. It's like this big. The size of a baseball. Like a kiwi. <laughs> You're gonna bring somebody but, into a, your bedroom, and they're gonna be like, "You need to go to the get hospital." Your pants off and you just—it's just one ball and the, like, bring a chick back to my house. Like, hey, you want to see the nut? <laughs> <laughs> well, this devolved very one quickly. Thank man. you for listening to the Flag Time Podcast, everybody. Uh, the Mac Doctor will be in the uh, his Instagram will be in the show description. You can go follow him. Please do follow him. He's got some really interesting shit. Um, again, thank you for joining us. That uh, my name is Serrated Mobius. We got Stirworks, uh, really? Pixie. That's your name? Listen, we've gone over this. <laughs> your parents hated you, didn't you? <laughs> didn't they? This is Sorry. a self-appointed name that I gave myself in high school. Damn it! My mom came up with Stirworks. Mm-hmm. We know it was in the first episode. She's, the best. She's cool. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. You guys have a good one. Bye.